The essence of life is growth, growth. But the essence of growth is change. The being in the road would be the end of the road if you refuse to change. The essence of life is growth, but the essence of growth is change. The being in the road will be the end of the road. If you refuse to change, your life will never change until you get disgusted with where you are. Whatever you don't hate is what you tolerate. You must learn from the past, plan for the future, and live for the day. For it is your daily routine that determines your success or failure. The choices that you have made up to this point will determine the rest of your life. So break the cycle that doing enough is simply good enough. You only get out what you put in, so don't settle for the crumbs when you can have a whole loaf. So push yourself, push beyond push your limitations. Come on. Reach a little higher. Dig a little deeper. Don't stop. Come on. Reach a little higher. Dig a little deeper. Go for a little further. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. So you gotta break the routine of trying to beat the system. Manipulators will always try to bypass the process for the quick progress. There are no shortcuts to success. There are no elevators to the top. You gotta take it one step at a time. You gotta break the routine of allowing others to get into your head to control who you are and where you're going. You see, when you're about the positive, you're gonna always have haters. But don't let your haters push you down. Let your haters push you forward to the next level. So when people show you who they really are, don't perceive them to be something else that they're not. See, a zebra does not change his stripes. So you gotta keep pushing yourself to the next level. Yeah, there you go. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. You gotta understand the greatness is the nature that you were born out of. You'll never discover your greatness without hard work and dedication. Greatness says more about who you are and what you expect for yourself. And greatness will always attract greatness. Show me your friends and I'll show you the future. The future. You get to step away. You're just a step away. You're just a step away. Don't ever give up. Come on. You're just a step away. You're almost there. Come on. You got to push yourself beyond your limitations. You see, there's no mountain too high, no valley too low. You can go where you want to go. It's all in the power of your imagination. If you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. So stretch yourself. Take yourself to the next level. Come on, come on, come on. Get a little higher. Dig a little deeper. Go a little further. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Reach a little higher. Dig a little deeper. Go a little further. Don't stop. Don't stop. Come on. 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 Come on.
blessings are coming your way. Don't stop. Don't stop until you get your dream. Don't stop. Get your dream. Until you get your dream. Come on. Don't stop until you get your dream. Don't stop. Get your dream. Come on. Yeah. Don't stop. Come on. Come on. Come on. Go for the gold. Come on. You gotta go for the gold. You gotta go for the gold. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Don't y'all stop. Yeah. What you make in a year, you gon' make it a month. What you make in a month, you gon' make it a week. And what you make in a week, you gon' make it a What's up, family? Good to be with y'all again for another edition of Bishop Swan Live on a Thursday evening. Uh, welcomes, welcomes, welcomes. And um, we're going to be talking tonight about policing uh, in America. A lot of stuff happening. Um, the half of the Atlanta Police Department called out yesterday they got the blue flu last night upset that um officers um were charged in the murder of rayshard brooks want to deal with that and want to deal with in a general sense policing in america from a historical perspective um and um want to kind of get your thoughts on it um hear what you have to say about it we'll open up the phone lines momentarily and we'll take your calls but do me a favor in the meantime what i need for y'all to do is i need for y'all to um to share um i need for y'all to share um with uh your with your followers with your peoples let them know that bishop is on the air i need y'all to like share subscribe all of that kind of stuff, uh, whichever uh, format you happen to be um, watching on, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or Periscope, uh, wherever it is. Uh, good evening to every one of you. Um, definitely uh, chime in, throw your comments in there. Um, I'm always interested in what y'all have to say. Matter of fact, let me uh, let me put the comments up here right now, so I can see I can see who's in the hizzy. All right, Elder Parker, I see you. Angela Thorpe, I see you. Cherie, I see you. Benzine, I see you. Pauline over on the periscoping side, I see you. Whitney. Uh, um, I see y'all over there on the YouTuber side. So do me a favor, rep your city, rep your town. Tell me where you're chiming in from, what city, what town you're uh, coming in from. Um, and uh, share it. Do a watch party. Tell somebody that the bishop is on the air and he's talking about some stuff that they would be interested in and that they... Uh, probably need to be kind of chiming in on, you know? Um, yeah. 
Tell them. Let them know. Uh, you know, let's get it crunk. Um, 413-337-1867 uh, is the number if you want to chime in. And we'll put that number up momentarily and we'll start uh, taking some of your telephone calls. Because uh, I definitely, once again, definitely uh, want to hear uh, what you all have to say. So do me a favor. Do me a favor, y'all. Do me a favor. I need y'all to share. I need y'all to share. I need y'all to share. Let's get this. Let's get these folks up in here. Let's have this conversation. Now, listen, I want y'all to know a new thing that I'm doing uh, over the next few Wednesdays. You're going to love it. I promise you. Uh, it's called the Bishop's Barbecue. All right. There's no raisins in the potato salad. It's just straight up truth um, served hot right off the grill. And I've invited um, some of my friends to participate uh, with me and to have conversations with me. And uh, shortly I'm going to I'm going to release everybody uh, the names of everybody who's been invited to the cookout. Um, there's some folks that you definitely are going to want to hear from, um, uh, tomorrow I'll start releasing, uh, some of the names of the folks that I'm going to be chatting with over the next three Wednesdays on the 24th of June, on the 1st of July, and on the 8th of July, uh, we'll be having a conversation, uh, with some renowned folk. Um, who got some important things that they want to talk about uh, in terms of race uh, in America and everything that is going on around here. I'll let you know uh, this coming week, one of my guests will be uh, Dr. Freddie Haynes out of Dallas, Texas. I've got some others. I'm holding close to the, to the vest right now, um, but I'm going to release those names momentarily. So you definitely want to, you want to, uh, 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 save those dates and times. It'll be at 9 p.m. on Wednesday evenings for the next three Wednesdays. The Bishop's Barbecue. No raisins in the potato salad. Just truth served hot off the grill. Um, and so y'all definitely, definitely, um, you, 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 listen, listen. I promise you, I promise you. Y'all don't want to miss it. Y'all do not want to miss this one, okay? Um, it's going to be off the chain. Uh, some some brilliant minds that are going to speak truth to power. Um, they're going to, you know, they, they're going to let you have it. Um, hot, like I said, hot off the grill. <laughs> you know, it's going to be what it is. So definitely... Um, put the, put a pin in there. Um, for those that are in the 413 area on Sunday, um, we are going to be having, um, a parking lot praise party in honor of Father's Day. It is Father's Day this coming Sunday, and we want to celebrate our fathers. Um, and so, uh, those in the 413 area, you're welcome to come out. There's plenty of room for social distancing. Wear your mask. Um, come on out. We can spread out in the parking lot, spread out in the field. Um, 
and uh, we're going to have a grand time uh, worshiping and also uh, celebrating uh, our fathers, okay? All right, so once again, 413-337-1867 is the number. I'm trying to figure out, do I want to play something and then get into the conversation, uh, or do I want to go straight into the conversation uh, and play something a little later? A um, lot of stuff I need to deal with. I see Chicago is in the house. I see Texas is in the house. Um, Texas, you got to be a little more specific, Texas. That's a big state, a big state. What part of Texas? Uh, North Brunswick, New Jersey is in the house. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing with your followers. Good to see you again, Evan. That's my man right there. <laughs> Chi-town. Evan be up, up, up rolling with me on Twitter, man. For sure, for sure. Perry Williams. All right, from Forney, Texas. Who else we got up in here? What other cities in town? Kelly. Uh, Kathy, rather. I'm sorry, Kathy. Kathy from Seattle. I got Mike from Miami up in the place. All right. Who else we got up in here? What other cities and towns we got up in here? Rep your city, rep your town. Is, is, is Springfield anywhere in the house? I mean, y'all, you know, I mean, come on now. Outside Dallas, Texas. Okay, I just got out the phone with my mother-in-law from Dallas, Texas. Oh, all the way from Surrey in the UK, the United Kingdom. Miami, Palestine is up in the house. Colorado is in here. Detroit is in here. Chicago is in here. Chicago's in here a couple of times. All right. UK up in here. Yes. Yes. Springfield is in the house. There we go, Mother Roberson. Yes. Stacia, yes, Springfield is represented. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. I hope the prayer vigil went well today. Um, the ladies are doing prayer vigils on Thursdays here in Springfield. I see you, Missionary Jones. Um, tell your husband I want to see him too. Uh, Ohio is in here. Ohio is in here. Michael Moore, that's my man right there. Yes, Ludlow in the house. All right, all right. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. I thought about, you know, is there a song I can play that got something to do with the police? You know, I can't do NWA. I can't play that. <laughs> can't play that. Um, Oklahoma. What's up, Oklahoma? I'm glad to hear it went very well, Mother. Yes. So I'm going to skip over the music for now. Um, and let's just get right into the conversation. So Atlanta officers called out last night. They called out sick or they refused uh, to answer calls. And what were they protesting? They were protesting 
um, the filing of murder charges against an officer who shot a man in the back, Rashad Brooks. Um, the interim chief said members of the force feel abandoned amid the protests, uh, amid demanding massive changes to police, and they feel abandoned. So, in other words, they would feel great if we just didn't demand that police, hey, you know, like, um, rah, stop murdering black people. Stop killing unarmed black people. You know, they wouldn't feel so abandoned and bad if we, you know, if we weren't demanding that we get treated with the same dignity and respect as white folks get treated with. It's amazing to me how these folks are trying to flip it and make the police into the victims here. Oh, they're feeling so abandoned amid all of these protests. They're feeling so bad. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so terrible. Really? Let me let me let me play. Let me play uh, what happened in Atlanta. Let me play what happened. Um, let me get this up in here. Let's play this right here so y'all can see what they're trying to say because the police is just feeling so bad. Mayor Bottoms was on CNN last night. She said she had a couple of concerns. One, how to go about repairing the morale within Atlanta Police Department. Also, uh, keeping the community safe when it comes to interacting with police. Again, we've got reports of an APD walkout. APD told us that uh, that was simply not true. And that reports, those reports of walkouts came just hours after the DA charged two officers in connection to the death of Rayshard Brooks. A spokesperson said a statement saying a high number of officers called out Wednesday and the department has enough resources. We did get video from Zone 3 in Southeast Atlanta last night. You see uh, Fulton County Sheriff's deputies outside the precinct on Cherokee Avenue. There was uh, even uh, armored vehicles there. Uh, neighbors told our crew on the scene several APD officers walked out earlier carrying bags and boxes. At one point, you see officers uh, put up barricades. And again, Mayor Bottoms addressed the reported walkout on CNN. But it's, it's just my hope, again, that our officers will remember the commitment that they made when, when they held up their hand and, and they were sworn in as police officers. But we're working to uh, confirm this tidbit of information that we got from Twitter from an NBC News reporter. He tweeted out an Atlanta Police Union spokesperson, Vince Champion, uh, told him that officers around the city were protesting the charges announced against the officers that were charged. He said as they're walking off the job, not responding to calls unless backup is needed and going silent on the radios. Okay, so, so... They're going silent on the radios. They're not answering calls. Just think about that. They're not answering calls. Um, they are calling out sick. They all of a sudden got the blue flu. Um, the interim chief is saying the sick calls um, that have continued is because they, they feel so abandoned, you know, amidst the protest. They want your sympathy. Um he says that some are angry, some are fearful, some are confused as to what they need to do in this space. Some feel abandoned. Um, 
but we want to assure them that we'll continue to move forward and we'll get through this. We'll get through this. You know, we'll, we'll get through being held accountable for murdering unarmed black people. We'll, we'll get through it. It's hard, but we'll get through it. Seriously. I mean, they are really out here trying to make the popo be the victims up in this stuff. They're really, I see you, Evangelist Higginbotham, H-Town in the house. I see you, Earl Reed, Chi-Town in the house. Good evening, Medina. I see y'all. Listen, the police are not the victims in this. They're not the victims. They, they really want America to feel bad that America has the audacity to want to hold police accountable. I mean, how dare you? How dare you try to hold us accountable for killing unarmed people? How dare you? I mean, it's crazy. Now, um, there was another one. I, I had to find this one. It was the New York police reps. I mean, their <laughs> the press conference they had complaining about um, being held accountable was off the chain. I mean, yo, yo, I promise you. Um, they were off the charts. And, and they were basically saying, listen, y'all need to stop treating us like animals. You know, you're treating us like animals. You know, holding us accountable for killing black people. How dare you? I am not Derek Chabon. They are not him. Yeah, I need I need to play this. I need I need y'all to y'all listen. This arrogant dude right here. Let me let me pull him up. This this dude, this dude right here. Yo, he was off the chain. Let, check this one out. I mean, this, this dude is off the charts. Eric Chabon, they are not him. He killed someone. We did. We are restrained. And you know what? I'm saying this to all the cops here, because you know what? Everybody's trying to shame us. The legislators. The press, everybody's trying to shame us into being embarrassed about our profession. But you know what? This isn't stained by someone in Minneapolis. It's still got a shine on it. And so do theirs. So do theirs. Stop treating us like animals and bugs and start treating us with some respect. That's what we're here today to say. We've been left out of the conversation. We've been vilified. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Stop treating us like animals and thugs. Stop it. Now, you know, 
they can treat black people like thugs and animals anytime they feel like it. But holding police accountable for the mistreatment of black folks is treating them like animals and thugs. You see how they flip the script? You see how they turn it upside down and make themselves into being the victims? And then you've got the interim police chief in Atlanta. They're angry. They're fearful. They feel abandoned. Why is it that white men feel abandoned when people start holding them accountable for their brutality? When people start holding them accountable for being thugs, for, for, for murdering and beating innocent and unarmed citizens, they all of a sudden feel like they're the victims. We're the victims because you're not allowing us to continue to brutalize black folks like we're used to doing. You know, we're used to being able to do whatever we want with these N-words. We can't do that anymore and get away with it. Now we're the victims. You're treating us like animals and thugs. We can't take it. Boo-hoo! And we're supposed to feel sorry for them. We're supposed to feel bad for them. You can't make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. Listen, by the way, by the way, um, I want to shout out. I want to shout out. Um, Sister Brandy Carey um, um, and the um, Don't Be Like Karen campaign. That's where I got this T-shirt. Y'all see that? Hmm? That's hot, huh? Don't y'all be like Karen now. Don't be like Karen. Anyway, y'all check her out. Check her out on... Um, on Instagram, don't be like Karen campaign is her Instagram name. Sister Brandy Carey, check her out. Y'all pick up a t-shirt. All right. So, so, so here they are, you know, with all of these press conferences, all of these, uh, they're crying and whining and moaning. Y'all are treating us like thugs and animals. You're not treating us with respect. And they're fearful and they're angry and they feel abandoned because you have the nerve to be charging them with murder when they murder people. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, prosecutors brought the felony murder charges against Garrett Roof, the white officer who shot Rayshard Brooks in the back. Um, they're now saying that, trying to say that the officer shot him when Rayshard supposedly turned around and pointed the taser at the officer. Now he's running. He supposedly turned and pointed the taser. Let's pretend that happened. Even if he did, the officer knew it was a taser and not a gun. So it it it, it really still doesn't it it doesn't hold water. You shot him in the back, dude. Three times in the back. Um, 
Um, even the interim police chief in Atlanta admits that Brooks was not a deadly threat. All right. And not only that, and see, this is the part that you guys, that you guys don't know. After he shot him, after he shot him, the officer then kicked him as he's laying on the ground dying. The officer kicked this wounded young black man and did not offer him any medical treatment for over five minutes as he lay there dying. Okay? Okay? And then another officer stood on his shoulders Yes, yes, Devin Bronz, Bronz, Brosnan, Rolf, R-O-L-F-E is the guy who was charged with shooting him. But Devin Brosnan, the other officer, stood on his shoulder as he was struggling for his life, dying. He was charged with aggravated assault. So you shoot a man three times as he lays on the ground dying. You're mad because he took your taser. So you kick him as he's laying there dying and your fellow officer stands on his shoulder. But we're supposed to feel bad for you because you feel abandoned. And Atlanta police officers, half the Atlanta police force, call in sick or don't answer calls in protest of a cop who was charged for murdering a black man? Y'all keep telling me 99% of cops are good cops. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. When 50% of the Atlanta police force calls out sick because they're upset that a killer cop gets charged with murder as he should have. Prove to me 99% of them are good cops when half the police force just proved to me that they're not. Prove to me that 99% of police officers are good cops when 57 Buffalo police officers resigned their positions from a specialized unit in protest of two officers being fired after they pushed a 75-year-old man to the ground, fractured his skull, and paralyzed him. And you're protesting them being disciplined for that. Prove to me that any of those 57 are good cops. Prove to me that half of the Atlanta police force that called out sick to protest somebody being charged for murdering somebody, prove to me that they're good cops. Y'all stop saying that. Y'all stop telling me 99% of cops are good cops. Mm -mm. Stop telling me that. I don't believe that anymore.
I don't believe it. I mean, in in the roughly three weeks since protests first broke out uh, after George Floyd was killed by police in Minnesota, officers have worked shifts of 12 or more hours in Atlanta. Um, And so their interim chief is using that as an excuse. Listen, I've worked long shifts. Working a long shift doesn't make me so grouchy that I kill somebody. That ain't going to fly. He says that they've been spit on. They had things thrown at them. At some point, you get tired. They're cops. They signed up for that. That's what they signed up for. If they can't handle being yelled at, if they can't handle somebody spitting at them, if they can't handle somebody throwing something at them, get the hell off the police force. You don't need to be a cop. If you can't handle that, you don't need to be a cop. Listen, I get yelled at. I, I've had people throw stuff at me. I've had my life, I get my life threatened at least a few times a month. And I'm not even a cop. So if you can't handle the job, find you another job. Go work at the foodway or something. <laughs> I got that from Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, go find another job. Seriously. Seriously, if you can't stand the heat, get the kitchen. Bottom line, you know, because you are the one who's likely to kill somebody. If that kind of pressure um, sets you off, you know, hey, get off the force. Four one three. Three three seven uh one eight six seven. I'm gonna put the number up momentarily. I'm hitting up. I'm hitting hit, hit I'm hitting up um Brandy. She just asked me if I got my t shirt. And I'm letting her know I got it on now. I promise y'all, y'all going over there now. Check her out at Don't Be Like Karen campaign on Instagram. Yes. Y'all go check her out. So listen. That's my take on it. If, if, if these cops can't handle it, they need to go somewhere else. All right. Um, now, when you when you talk about policing, you 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 got to talk about you got to deal with the history of policing, and then you got to deal with the factors that are happening right now that exacerbate rogue policing in America. We've got a virus 
that is ravaging black communities at a disproportionately higher rate than other racial groups. And so black people in this space, in this moment, we have to contend with both the virus and another threat, police violence. We got to deal with virus and violence. We got to deal with COVID and cops. Okay. We got to deal with pandemic and police simultaneously. You know, and both of the problems, the disproportionate rate at which we are affected by COVID and the white supremacist actions and tactics of the police are both the consequences of structural racism in America. The police violence that's happening across the nation, it's as American as apple pie. It, 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 it's part of the identity of the America. It's in the DNA of America. You know, it runs in the veins of America. It's part of American life. And the pandemic of white supremacy is going to continue to spread long after coronavirus is no longer with us. And black people for generations to come will still be dealing with it. My grandchildren will be dealing with it. Your grandchildren will be dealing with it. So we've got to deal with this coronavirus. And then at the same time, we get Amud Arbery and we got Breonna Taylor and we got George Floyd and, and, and we've got Richard Brooks. And those are just the names of the people whose cases have risen to notoriety through the media. How many names do we not even know of? How many do we not know of? This, this is part of a pattern in America of state-sanctioned violence, or what I call legalized lynchings. Okay? This has shaped the history of America for centuries. During slavery, the lives of black people um, were devalued, brutalized by white men who policed the enslaved. Matter of fact, policing is the grandchild of slave catching. Um, um, after the Civil War, you had the black codes that came on deck that basically took away rights from black folks, um, restricted their mobility and the circumference of their activity, uh, emboldened police forces and white vigilante groups like the KKK to carry on racist acts um, under the guise of what 46 minus one has been tweeting over and over again, law and order, law and order, law and order. And in cities and towns across America, black people were targeted by so-called law enforcement. They were arrested at higher rates um, than white folks in Southern states. They were trapped in a system of bondage that was identical to slavery, sharecropping, lynching, all of that was going on. Um, lynching, we've seen in the last week, four black men 
hung from trees. And before law enforcement could even do an autopsy or an investigation, they were declaring them as suicides. Black men do not publicly hang themselves from trees. That's not how black men commit suicide. We don't go out in public and get a noose and hang ourselves from trees. So we've got lynchings happening right now in 2020, this week. It's not a thing of the past. Okay? White mob violence. Lynching happening all over America in the earliest 20th century. And we've got the onset of that happening right now again. Again. Intense racial uprisings erupted all over America during the early part of the 20th century. Um, um, entire black cities were demolished and people were murdered. Tulsa, Oklahoma, Atlanta, Georgia, Rosewood, Florida. There's a whole section of the African-American Heritage Museum in Washington, D.C. dedicated to black cities and towns that were devastated by mob violence by white mobs. Black folks lynched and killed. Then we have the onset of the civil rights movement. And still, they were killing us. They were lynching us. They were murdering us. Medgar Evers, Goodman Cheney and Schwerner, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. The list goes on and on. I mean, the images of police attacking black activists. Um, um, during the, the Birmingham campaign in, in, in 63, the Selma to Montgomery marches in 65. Um, I mean, it, it, it just it kept exposing the racist roots of American policing. And none of that has changed. Even though laws have been placed on the books, that type of rogue policing has not changed. The recent uprising in response to George Floyd's death is similar to the uprisings that happened back in the 1960s. Uh, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. Police forces threatening the lives of black people and not protecting them. It's a cycle. It's what happens. It's American history. Over and over and over and over again, we've got to deal with the same thing. We can name case after case after case after case. You know, um, I mean, Michael Stewart, Eleanor Bumpers, Michael Griffin, Edmund Perry, Von Smallwood, Abner Luima, Amadou Diallo. Sean Bell, Rodney King. I mean, it's, we can. I could sit here for days and just name off names that 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 give credence to the reality of the violent police uh, 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 um, brutality 
against black bodies. It's all part of the roots of American policing. It's tied to structural racism. We are far more likely to be arrested, to be fatally shot than our white counterparts and police officers are rarely charged with killing us. That's why they're protesting. That's why the cops are protesting in Atlanta. They're not used to being held accountable for murdering us. They're used to being able to murder us and go home and have a sandwich and watch the late night news. No big deal. But being held accountable, man, that's something new to them. And even though they've been charged, it doesn't mean they'll be convicted. So what has come to surface, once again, is really um, the persistence of police violence in black communities. The need for policies and practices that protect black citizens. Watch this. From the police. There's something wrong in America when you need policies to protect black people from the police. Oh. Something is wrong when we need to be protected from the police. Let me put this number up here. Let me open up the phone lines. I meant to jump on the gram too. So let me do that. Let me get on, on the gram. Let me get on the gram. Let me get the phone line ready for y'all. Sorry to my gram audience for waiting so long. I should have I should have been rocking with y'all a minute ago. Um but it slipped my mind, you know, something happens when you get over a certain age, y'all. Some of y'all on here know exactly what I'm talking about, so don't sit here and act like you don't. All right, there we go. Let's get that up in there. All right. 413-337-1867. Phone lines are now open. Come on through, y'all. Come on through. Let me see what y'all hollering at me about in here. They were afraid he was going to drive drunk again. And they had his car. Okay, I don't even know what you're talking about, so I'm a, I ain't gonna mess with that. Sound like you having a conversation with somebody else. There you go. Should have let him run. They had his name and car exactly right. They could have issued a warrant. And went and arrested him later. Somebody quoting scripture up in here. People perish for lack of knowledge. 
I feel a hallelujah coming. Let me see. Mr. Brooks should not have been killed, but he shouldn't have. Uh, 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 why you got to get me started, dude? Why? 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 Why you got to say that, man? Why? You know what? So now you're going to force me. Now you're going to force me. You're going to force me to have to now, you know what? I'm going to have to do it because, you know, you just, Mr. Brooks, why does it always be a got to be a qualifier? He shouldn't have got killed, but he shouldn't have resisted. You know, he shouldn't have fought the police. He shouldn't have done this. He shouldn't have done the other. So in other words, yeah, he shouldn't have got killed, but it's his own fault he got killed. That's basically what you're saying. Without saying it, that's still what you're saying. And my problem with that is that's nonsense. Okay? White folks resist police every day and don't get killed. White folks have combat gear. Okay? I mean... They're out there uh, with AR-15s and grenade launchers and all kinds of stuff, and the cops don't kill them. This ain't about training, because police know how to not kill white people. And so let me find, I got to find my little video here, because, you know, y'all always, always want to talk that talk about what they, what he shouldn't have done, and coulda, shoulda, woulda, had he not done this or that and the other, you know, he'd be alive, blah, 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 blah. And then I always got to come up and I got to prove uh, y'all wrong, as usual. So here we go. On that premise, let's take a look at this white man right here. And tell me, answer my question, if this dude was black. Look at this dude. Now, y'all just tell me, you know, just finish the sentence for me. I want y'all to type it into the comment section. Just finish the sentence for me. If he were black, finish, just finish that. If that white dude swinging that sword at the police, if he was black, just type in the comments. Just, just tell me what would have happened to him. Okay. If, if, if he was black. Let's just deal with that right there. If dude was black, okay. Uh huh. See, see, you, 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 open, you done opened up a whole can of worms right here. You know, by trying to go there with me about um, 
you know, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been killed, but he shouldn't have uh, done this, that, and the third. I want y'all to look at Jerry. Take, I want y'all to take a look at Jerry. Yeah, let me let me show y'all Jerry. Look at Jerry, and then tell me what would have happened to Jerry if Jerry. Let me take your comment off of here. I'll come back to it, but I want y'all to see what Jerry did. I mean, Jerry, just just watch it for yourself. Watch it for yourself, and then tell me what would have happened if Jerry was black. Jerry, you're gonna get in trouble. Jerry, they're gonna hurt you. Jerry. Jerry, don't do it. Jerry, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell tell me again. Tell me again how he shouldn't have got killed, but he shouldn't have fought the officer. Tell me again about that. You know, because um, Jerry took the officer's baton and beat both of them with it. And then jumped in their car. Okay, and took off in their car. They didn't pull out no mace. They didn't pull out no taser. They didn't take their gun out the holster. None of that. None of that. None of that. I ain't done. Y'all thought I was done, didn't you? I ain't done yet. Somebody type that in the comments and say, Bishop is not done. I ain't done yet. Let's check this one out. Y'all tell me, finish the sentence. If they were black, tell me what would happen to these folk. Watch how they jump on the police. Check it out. Let's just keep it a hundred. Y'all know there have been some dead black folk up in there. Y'all know that you know that you know that there would be some dead black folk up in there 
had they jumped on the popo like that. You know it. So, you know, all of this stuff about, um, I'm going to show y'all one more. All this stuff about uh, what they shouldn't have did with the police, that sounds good. But my problem with that is what you're telling me is he shouldn't have done what white folks do with the police every day and don't die for. Every day, white folk resist, fight police, and they don't die. They don't die. I'm going to show you one more. Show you one more. Now tell me, finish the sentence for me. If they were black, tell me what would happen. Now, y'all know, y'all know, ain't no black folk going to haul off and punch no cop like that and, 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 and step to him the way them white men just did and live to talk about it. Not, not only did they live, they didn't even get arrested. So lose me with the lose me with the qualifiers of of Rashad Brooks shouldn't have got killed, but just leave the butts out of it. Just stop right there. Rashad Brooks shouldn't have gotten killed. Period. Leave the butts out. There are there are no butts. No buts. No buts. 413-337-1867. I ain't trying to hear no buts. None of that. None of that. Before Jerry took the cop's baton, he also punched one of the cops. That's right. Never got shot. Never got shot. Brooks fired a taser. Have you, you been AWOL, Ashton? Did you not just see the four videos that I just played of white folks jumping on cops, throwing stuff at cops, punching cops, and the whole nine? Did, did you not see the four videos I just played and none of them white folks got killed? Did you not see that? So all we're simply saying is let us live the way you let white folks live. Do to us what you would do if we were white. 
And as was just proven by four consecutive videos of white folks assaulting police, none of them died. Why y'all always excusing away police murdering us? There is no but Brooks. There is no but. Rashad Brooks shouldn't have got killed, period. I don't care if he tased the cop. Did the cop live? Yes. Was the cop chasing him? Yes. Did he pose an immediate threat that the cop had to use deadly force? Hell no. Stop justifying the murder of black people. Stop it. Just cut it out. I don't care if whites are not going to see it like blacks. I don't really care. They're not dying like we are. So it doesn't matter to me whether they see it like we do. You're right about that. You're right about that. It's hard to reason with them. <laughs> Ashton is tripping on here. A mass crowd. It, do I care if it was a mass crowd or not? If that was a mass crowd of black folks beating on cops like that, somebody would have got killed. They definitely would have got tased, maced, hit over the head, and arrested at a minimum. At a minimum, ain't no excuse. None of them white men got arrested. Stop it. Go play somewhere, Ashton. You about to be on the block list in a minute with your foolishness. Because you, I think you just on here to antagonize. You, you undercover white supremacists always jumping up in my mentions with your tomfoolery. Somebody said, please block him. <laughs> oh, there you go. Talk about black on black crime. You know what? How about I, I ain't even go there. Bye, Ashton. You out of here. I know you're a white supremacist now. I know you're. Let's talk about white on white crime. How about that, Ashton? Let's talk about white on white crime. World War One, World War Two. The, the 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 civil war um let's talk about that let, 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 let's talk about white on white crime let's talk about the fact that 90 percent of white people that are murdered are murdered by white people let's talk about the fact that white men perform the most crime in America let's talk about the number one uh, 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 violent criminals in America are white men like you. Let's talk about the people who rape women more than anyone else in America are white men. Let's talk about those who lead in domestic violence 
white men. Let's talk about those who lead in molesting children, pedophiles, white men. Let's talk about those who who rape dogs, horses, cows, and goats with your perverted selves. White men. Let's talk about white on white crime, Ashton. Let's talk about that. How about that? Let's deal with that first. And then we'll come to so-called black on black crime. Get the hell about my mentions. Ashton is blocked. See ya. See ya. Bye, Ashton. See, that's what the white supremacists pull out there behind. You, it, it, listen, there's certain code words you know in in the in the white supremacist lexicon. When they call you a race baiter, using the race card. Let's talk about black on black crime. What about Chicago? You know. That's white supremacist talk. That's white supremacist talk. You, 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 you all have murdered more people across the globe. Listen, if every crime in America was performed by black people for the next hundred years, we could never catch up to white men in terms of the atrocities that you have performed across the globe. We could not come close to even catching you. You have wrecked havoc on every continent in the world. You have murdered people on every continent in the world the indigenous people on every continent have been murdered by white men you don't want to talk about white on white crime good evening caller caller you're on the air good evening hi uh bishop this is uh cogen i'm in your periscope chat all right I just wanted to say thanks for what you do. And uh, I wanted you to help me understand why um, white people have such a hard uh, time understanding, like, why, like, or how, how the things that they've done to black people in the past, which most of it was less than a century ago. They like to say that it was like a long time ago, but yeah, most they, of it happened less than yeah, a century they, ago. They don't have a they good. They are surprised that go ahead. Um, the descendants of these slaves are poor. Like it really makes no sense to me. They don't have a good sense of history and how history works. They think if something happened a few years ago, you're supposed to be over it and forget about it. They don't understand the concept of passing along generational health, wealth. Uh, I use I use this as an example. Um, my wife and I bought our home 20 years ago uh, in 1999. Yeah. 
I was a young man in my 30s. And when we bought our home, our neighbors on both sides of us, we still live next door to the same neighbors. We've been living next to them for years. Um, on one side of us, the, the home had been in their family for generations. Generations were raised in that home. And the current occupant of that house uh, still lives there. He's an older gentleman. He's actually in his in his early 90s now. Um, yeah. Um, um, and on the other side of me, uh, that home as well had been in their family. So neither one of them have been paying a mortgage in the last 20 years. So, so I just I, I, I use that as a simple example that that when 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 you restricted black people from being property owners and they then couldn't pass down wealth to the next generation. Do you know what you did to that generation? So let's just say, let's just use a nice round number. Um, let's say, let's say I was paying fifteen hundred dollars a month for a mortgage. That's eighteen thousand dollars a year. Multiply that times the twenty years I've been living here. That's three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So that means three hundred and sixty thousand dollars of my wife and, and my income over the last 20 years has gone to pay a mortgage on the home we live in while the, the white folks on both sides of us did not have to pay out that $360,000. Right. Now imagine what could they have done with that $360,000, perhaps pay somebody's college tuition. Um, right. it, it, I, I mean, all kinds of things you can think of right now, that you could do with $360,000 that they did not have to pay on a mortgage because wealth was passed down to them. And, and that's just a simple example. When you talk about generation after generation not being able to pass wealth on, that's just one small example of how they benefited from the enslavement of black people and how, how we uh, are worse off because of the enslavement of our ancestors. Another example I'll give is 1965 is the year the Voting Rights Act was passed when black folk got the right to vote in America. In 1965, my father was a grown man married with children. Think about that. That's my father. That's one generation up from me who's alive right now, did not get the right to vote until he was a full-grown man married with children. So we're not talking about rights that Blacks were restricted from that are ancient history, that are back hundreds of thousands of years. So we're talking about generations that are alive right now. My father is the grandson of slaves. So... It's, it's not as far removed as white folks like to try to make us think like this is some ancient history that happened. America isn't even ancient. I mean, when you go other places, you know, I went to we, we were in Venice a little while ago, one of the oldest cities in, in the world. Um, uh, America is is like a toddler in terms of her own limited history, 400 year history um, compared to other parts of the world other parts of the world has have buildings that are older than america and so they don't have a good sense of history and how uh, what it was done to other generations still have a lasting effect on what's happening in the world today 
you know, uh, one one last thing I just wanted to share. Uh, I I totally understand that, but I feel like it's asinine to think that they don't know these things. Um, they know that their ancestors did certain things. They know that their ancestors displaced hundreds of black communities to build freeways and expressways. They know that Jim Crow happened. They know that slavery happened. They know that redlining happened. I just don't understand why they pretend like they don't know that any of this happened. Well, they don't. They don't. They don't want to be held accountable for it. They don't. They don't want to be held accountable. They, that's why they say that nobody alive right now had slaves. Nobody alive right now used to be a slave. They, they try to use simplistic explanations to be dismissive of the history of the world and the history of their ancestors. Now, they'll brag on their ancestors any other time, but they don't want to be responsible for what they did to black people. They know full well the effects that it has. You're absolutely correct. But it's just like the police in Atlanta right now. They're, they're, oh, they're, they feel so bad. They feel so abandoned. Why? Because they're being held accountable. White folks do not like being held accountable for their atrocities. They want to hold everybody else accountable, but they do not want to be. That's that white privilege. White privilege is we should be able to do whatever the hell we want to people, whenever the hell we want to do it to people, and you all should have nothing to say about it. So th these white cops are now saying, what are you talking about? Are you really telling us we can't kill black people with reckless abandon and get away with it? You know, that yeah. that's not the America that they're used to. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to call in and tell you I appreciate you and to keep spreading the word. Um, hopefully, black people in mass will wake up someday um, and just, you know, cast aside all this bullshit that's like plaguing our community. Um, but thanks again. All right. Thanks for letting me call in. Sure. Appreciate your call. 413. 337 I got about 17 minutes left, so if you're going to call in, you better get your calls in right now. Right now. What about? White privilege is false, is fake. I found somebody else to block on here. Is fake, false, and facts. Wait a minute. What are you saying? Fake, false, and facts. Mother Truth, should I block you? Or, or are you saying something that's worthwhile? Do I, I, I don't want to block you yet unless I have the context of what you're trying to say. Let me see what you're trying to say. Okay, no, okay, no accountability. No, I ain't going to block you. You must be saying something worthwhile. <laughs> All right. Jason is gone. Jason is gone. Yes, it happened in my lifetime. Let me see. 
All right, let me go over to Facebook. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Another white supremacist. That's the other. Black folks sold slaves. They had slaves. Get out of my face. Get out of my face with that foolishness. I don't even have time. That's a whole nother show. Destruction of black Wall Street community. That's right. Every single prosperous black community. Tulsa, Rosewood, Atlanta, every single one. You're absolutely correct. They destroyed. So when they talk about looting, you know, man, please. And you, you how you gonna bet what my father is happy about? You don't know my father. Now, now, see, now I got to, now I got to go all the way over to Facebook. <laughs> I got to go all the way over to Facebook to block another white supremacist. Now, what I what I need here's what I need. I need. I need about four of y'all who want to help me out and moderate um, my lives so that while I'm talking, y'all can block some of these clowns. Y'all can block clowns like, like Matt. Matt Douchebag, Max Douchebag. Both races are guilty. Man, shut up. Shut up. Max is going both sides racism. Both races are guilty. When the hell did black people hold your ancestors as slaves? Huh? Give me the history on that. When did that happen? When did they systematically discriminate against y'all and dehumanize your people? No, I'm not blocking you because I can't handle the truth. I'm blocking you because you're a racist jerk. It ain't got nothing to do with the truth. And I got a low tolerance for white supremacists. And and here's the thing. Why are you on my page anyway? You're here to be a troll. You you don't follow me because you agree with anything I say. You don't follow me because, um, because you're down with anything that I stand for. You're only over here to be a nuisance. We, we, we see you. We know what you're here for, Max. You're a typical little punk behind white boy. Little punk behind white supremacists doing what y'all do. Hiding behind a keyboard, talking smack. That's, that's, that's what y'all do. 
It ain't got nothing to do with it. I can't handle the truth. I, I, I eat little punks like you for breakfast. I eat chumps like you for breakfast. All you did was run and get your talking points out of the white supremacy handbook. I, I can I can rattle off all your talking points. All black folks had slaves too. Bogus. Black folks bought their own relatives so they could buy them out of slavery. Okay? So they could free them. They 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 did not run plantations and have slaves on plantations running their land for them because they couldn't even own land. But you got your little white supremacy talking points. Blacks had slaves too. Uh, Africans sold blacks into slavery. What about black on black crime? What about Chicago? What about black abortion? It's the same old stuff y'all say all the time. Every one of y'all sing from the same tired song sheet. We can predict what you're going to say even before you say it. More white people get killed by police. White people get killed by police in higher numbers because there are more white people. And they don't get killed by police because they're white. Big difference. I know all your talking points. It's the same stale mayonnaise that you saltine American uh, white people serve up every single day. It's the same stuff. It ain't got nothing to do with not being able to handle you. Man, you're lightweight. My 13-year-old could handle you, boy. Please. 413-337-1867. Ten minutes left if you want to get in on the conversation facebook has to change its its format i love periscope's format because periscope lets you block people in real time um facebook by contrast you got to wait until after your broadcast to go back and block trolls like max um, Periscope allows you to block them, bam, in real time, which is which is why I love Periscope. Um, but yeah, Max, man, handling you, man, I handle you in my sleep, boy. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. You can't handle the trolls. <laughs> Woo! Man... You tripping. Punishing him. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, he feels punished. See, that's that that you gotta understand, Whitney. That's that white mentality. Anytime you hold white folk accountable, anytime you call them to the carpet, anytime you check them on their foolishness. They feel like they're being punished. It's like the like the white police in Atlanta that I talked about earlier who feel so abandoned. Oh, everybody's against us. It's like the white cop who from New York who was like, stop treating us like thugs. Stop treating us like animals. Anytime you hold them accountable or check them on their stuff, they feel like they're being punished. That's that white fragility because they're not used to being held accountable. They're used to being able to do stuff because I'm white. 
So, I mean, how dare you hold me accountable? I'm white. They, they really feel that way. So clowns like Max feel like, you know, he should be able to get on my lives and troll and say all kinds of stupid white supremacist stuff. And how dare I threaten to block him? Because how dare I threaten to punish him? He's white. He should be able to do what he wants because he's white. Yeah. That ain't the world you live in, Max. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye to this clown. Black on black crime is committed on a way larger scale by proportion. Yeah, okay. I think your mama is is a way larger proportion. Goodbye. You're gone. Block. Block. See you later. You're gone. Na 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 na. Here's what here this guy is gone. Na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. <laughs> oh boy, see that's why I love Periscope again. I can block the clowns in real time and then they're just stuck kind of watching the video <laughs> and not being able to comment. It's such a lovely thing. It's such a beautiful thing. Uh, <laughs> 6 minutes. Six minutes, Dougie Fresh. You're on, uh, uh, on, uh, uh, on. Six minutes. Somebody, hey, I see my friend here. Wait a minute, is she there? Did I see? Did I see? There she goes. Attorney Bridget Baldwin, uh, Western New England University School of Law. White people should fight against social injustices. They really should. They really, really, really should. And there are some that are actually doing it. There's some some of the there really are some that are allies and have been allies. I know in my 30 years of being out here, um, um, you know, fighting that some of the most helpful people, um, you know, in my career of social activism have been white people. Um, so there are some who are, are actually out here doing the doggone thing. Um and so we we give them props, but then you got you got folks like uh, like Max, like this clown right here. <laughs> you ain't fighting against social injustice. You on here talking about some black on black crime? Man, go play somewhere. Go on and play there, Max. Let's see. We got your back. Mother, I know you do. I know you do. I appreciate all of y'all. Appreciate all of y'all. 
black on black crime should not be used to deflect against absolutely and that that uh uh dr baldwin is their go-to card that's their whataboutism card that's their deflection card uh whenever we talk about um state sanctioned violence against black bodies against uh, uh, about police brutality the extrajudicial murder of black folks they always go to what about black on black crime i mean that that that's that, that that's that's their go to that's that, that's all they got that's all they got you're right evan there aren't enough there are some that are out there doing the doggone thing but there are not enough wish there were more <laughs> ralph want me not to give max any more airtime he's done He's done, Ralph. I promise. He's he's history. He's out of here. Post one of my comments. Who's that telling me to post one of their comments? Well, I can't post your comment telling me to post your comment. <laughs> oh, there we go. Don't be like Karen is up in here. Let me see. So y'all see this right here? Don't, don't be like Karen campaign. I need y'all to check her out on um, Facebook. I didn't know you were on Facebook. I know you're on the gram. Um, check her out on Facebook on the gram. Y'all see, y'all see my shirt. Don't hate. Y'all see that? That's from the don't be like Karen campaign. Y'all need to get you one. You need to get you one. Don't be like Karen. Okay. Shout out to my sister right there. Appreciate you. There, I posted one of your comments. Daddy Mac and Cheese. <laughs> Daddy Mac and Cheese in the house. It's not enough to have a black friend. You're right. Got to speak up. And you got to resist, and you got to resist, not resist Trump. You got to resist white supremacy, racism, anti-black bigotry, all of that. There are far too many folks who consider themselves allies just because they resist Trump. Being anti-Trump don't mean doesn't mean you're anti-white supremacy. And I, you find that out. There's a whole lot of liberals out there that are anti-trump but they ain't anti-white supremacy let me tell you about a couple other things that's going on let me see what helen short is saying here right white supremacists control the statistics they control who's targeted who's arrested what's recorded and reported their black on black crime stats are therefore only useful when you run out of toilet paper. There you go. There you go. Bottom line. Somebody type amen in the comments to Helen Short. Amen three times. So let me tell you, yesterday marked the fifth anniversary of 
of the of the day that Dylan Roof walked into a black church uh, and murdered nine black people in the midst of Bible study, uh, including at the time um, the pastor of that church, Clemente Pinckney, um, who was also a state senator, um, murdered them and and police took him to Burger King. Okay? Yeah, took him to Burger King. Um, this is this is a photo of me um, at that church. Um, Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church. We went there several times in the wake of that particular tragedy. Uh, and so in as much as as folk always talk about never forgetting 9-11, never forgetting this, never forgetting that, we can never forget uh, incidents like that where our people have been targeted um, by white supremacy. We cannot let their memory die out. We cannot let their lives be have been taken in vain. They are the reason why we continue to fight um, this fight against this sinful disease of racism. Um, so five years, and it, I mean, it just seems like it was just yesterday, uh, but time, time flies, time flies. I want to also invite those in the 413. Um, if you're in the 413 area, this Sunday is Father's Day. I don't think that we do enough to honor our black fathers. Um, we're having a, a parking lot um, praise and protest. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, that was last week. <laughs> we had the praise and protest. We're having a parking lot praise party. You can tell it's late. <laughs> we're having a parking lot praise party in honor of our fathers on this Sunday at 11 a.m. We're going to stream it live, but um, we're inviting you to be there um, wearing your mask. We will have seating available in the parking lot and in the field. We have a big field, parking lot, plenty of room for social distancing uh, to take place. So if you're in, if you're in the 413 area, um, we definitely want you to stop on by uh, and be part of that. I have a special message for fathers on that day, honoring our fathers and want to say early, happy Father's Day um, to my dad, Mr. Fred Allen Swan, um, who's all the way in North Carolina, and to my spiritual father and uncle who's been like a father to me, Talbert Swan the first. 
who is 92 years old. He is presently with his grandchildren in Ohio. Uh, he's been there ever since uh, the pandemic started so that they could look out for he and his wife. Um, so happy Father's Day to him. Once again, he's been like a dad to me um, all my life. Uh, happy Father's Day to my brothers who are all excellent fathers. Uh, my brother Fred, my brother Jonathan, my brother Jay. Happy Father's Day to my sons that are fathers, that are all excellent dads. My son Tyler, my son Trey, and my son Talbert um, were all excellent fathers. The latter two finally gave me some grandsons. I had eight granddaughters in a row. And then my son Talbert gave me my son Jonah Wesley. He's got his granddaddy's middle name. And then my son Trey gave me uh, my grandson Elijah. Uh, so I got two grandsons now, y'all. Um, but happy Father's Day to my sons. And happy Father's Day to every one of you um, that are out there um, that are fathers. Uh, we want to celebrate black manhood. We want to celebrate black fathers in this season. We, 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 we do too little of that. And we're always busy talking about the ones that abdicate their responsibility. We talk about the ones who don't take care of their children. We talk about the ones who cheat, the ones who do this, the ones who do that. And we don't spend enough time talking about the good fathers that are out there. And there are plenty of good black fathers that are out there. So happy Father's Day out to every single one of those black fathers. And so that's how I want to go out. I want to go out with a, with a piece um, by Ferris Hill called Daddy Talk. Daddy Talk. And it's really, uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, and it's, it's, it's just wisdom. Wisdom, you know, passed down from a father to a son. Um, so listen, Sunday going to be streaming live at 11 a.m. at our Father's Day praise party. And then, listen, next Wednesday, I'm trying to tell you, y'all going to see all the graphics and stuff that are going to come out in the next day or so. Man, when I tell you the guests that I have invited to the Bishop's Barbecue, okay? The Bishop's, is, look, look, family, all of y'all are invited um, all of y'all are invited to the cookout. All y'all are invited to the cookout. Okay. I've got some friends that are, let, let me just drop a couple of names just so y'all, y'all, just so y'all stay a little interested in, look, on, on, on July 24th, on, I'm, I'm sorry, June 24th, next Wednesday. July 1st and July 8th is the Bishop's Barbecue, all right? No raisins in the potato salad, just truth served hot off the grill, okay? We're going to be talking about race in America with some of the most brilliant minds, most influential people in America. I've got, uh, I've got Dr. Freddie Haynes. I've got, I've got Karen Hunter. I've got uh, 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 Pastor Michael McBride. I've got Bishop Rudolph McKissick. I've got the Reverend Nelson 
uh, Rivers. I've got Bishop William Barber. Look, I'm trying to tell y'all, y'all, look, y'all don't want to miss the next three Wednesdays. I promise you, it's going to be, the grill is going to be hot, okay? And I'm going to put the bishop's special sauce on it. You going to want to be there. Tell somebody right now, y'all reserve the next three Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Man, y'all invite, come on to the cookout. Come on to the cookout, to the Bishop's Barbecue. It's going to be hot. Listen, I love y'all. To the next time I talk to you and you talk to me, always remember God loves you, and so do I. Daddy talk. We out. Happy Father's Day. Peace. You've been given a gift, that's why they call it the present. And it's up to you of how you unwrap it.